Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Electricpreneur Secrets. I think I've got the number right when I say this is episode 195, Joe, the science of success and the art of fulfillment. I can't wait to get into that and just how it's going to help you, Mr. Electricpreneur or Mrs. Could be a Mrs. Electricpreneur out there, mastering your sales, simplifying your pricing and delivering premium level electrical service. As always with me is my esteemed co-host, Joseph, the sales bot, Lucani. Joe, how are you doing today, my brother? You know, all things considered, I think it's a great day. And I want to just give a credit for something here because you know how you mentioned first thing, you're like, Mr. Actually, Mrs. And I love that it's a he, she, they support in our community. No matter what you identify with, no matter where you are, no matter what your background is, there's a place for you here. And you're welcome and accepted. And I love that we bring that energy. Nice. Well, I am the pleasant peasant. This is Canada up in this territory that I roam in these winter months when I choose to go outside and roam it in the rain. Who would want to go and roam it in the rain? I remember you were telling me you're going for a walk and you're like, yeah, when it's not raining, got to go outside. I'm like, God. Yeah. Well, here's the the stark reality, Joe. 75E hard. I had to get up. I had to do my exercise. Mm -hmm. There happens to be a coliseum, a a skating rink, a a hockey rink and a hockey team here. And there's like seven sets of of like three-story stairs, concrete Mm -hmm. stairs that you can go up and down to get into this building. So Mm -hmm. I like walk and jog up the stairs. I do some like lunge steps up them. But also I heard this study recently that um, one of the first deteriorations 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 i'm not sure thank you deteriorations of our muscle mass as we age is actually this kind of tier two muscle the guy um called it where he's talking about your your ability to withstand impact your ability Mm -hmm. to walk downhill Hence why a lot of older people break their hips etc like there's a large portion of people that aren't actually equipped to even walk on a decline at this point. I didn't realize that, but there's some reflex muscles in there and stabilizer muscles that are really, really, really important. And because they deteriorate first, stairs are actually a really powerful thing to continue to exercise on and do. So I did that. I went for a jog. You're right. And I made class. It was good morning. It really was. I always love seeing you in class. And, you know, it's interesting how people say like that the muscles deteriorate over time. But technically, that's the same with everything. Like, I'm sure the electricians out there that are listening are like, well, how does this apply to me? It applies to you in the way that if you don't practice your sales muscles, they will deteriorate. Mm -hmm. If you don't practice your service muscles, they deteriorate. So the fact is, is that if you take a piece of metal, you drop it in water within eight hours, it's going to come up rusty. Are you practicing that often so that your edge is always sharp? 100%. And it's Action Wednesday, but I, I'm always pulled to this mindset thing and it's such a big topic. But as you speak to that, I can't help but reflect on this study I, I actually read about recently where there was two sets of maids, hotel maids. They clean rooms. Mm-hmm. And they asked everyone, well, how often do you exercise? And almost all of them had said, well, we don't. Really, we don't have time. We've got families to take care of. We've got to go home after work. We've got to do all this stuff. They split the group in two. And then they told one group that actually you're getting exercise in your work. Mm-hmm. Right now in this eight-hour job, Monday to Friday, you're getting exercise. And what happened was actually remarkable. The people they told that to 
actually had more intention in their work and took that and realized, oh, wow, I can be healthier through my work. And so they would clean with a little more vigor. Mm. Vigor? Vigor. Vigor is the word. I wasn't going to call you on I was not going to call you on it. Yeah, right? No do to boot it. (laughs) So they do this. And what happened is over, over, I think it was 60-day period, there was a measurable difference in muscle mass from those that knew they were getting exercise at work versus those that didn't have that little incentivized, little mindset difference. Isn't Mm -hmm. that remarkable? You know, I actually try to do something similar as well. So I find that getting up and working out is hard, right? Mm. But what I found is that I have two young kids under four. So when it comes to play, I actively try to do overheads. I try to do swings. I try to do one-arm climbs. And the fun thing is, like, what's up? Time out. Are you openly admitting to using your children as physical weights to exercise with? Of course. (laughs) But the benefit is this. It's that they're playing. You know what I mean? Like you take the, take the little baby and you want them to bounce on the bed, but I'm taking a 30 pound weight and I'm doing overhead lifts with them. They're bouncing on the bed. They're giggling like crazy, but me, I'm getting something in the background, you know? Why not? Absolutely. And here I was at your house thinking you were doing all that for the joy of fatherhood. (laughs) Big smile. Joe's in his prime. And I'm like, where is he getting all this energy from? These kids are flying. That's it. Hey, that's your secret. Turn your kids into exercise, folks. Mic drop action item launched. Talk to y'all later. Right. Oh boy. No, this ties in perfectly with the topic today. And it's a realization that I had to again come back to yesterday, which makes it relevant because we're running a business, you're running a business, and sometimes we're maybe missing our targets. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a sales goal we have and we're not quite hitting it. For a lot of people, I hear a couple of of numbers that happen quite frequently. One is two thousand a day per van, mm-hmm. and the other is we got to break through a million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar, right? A couple different reasons for those. The two grand a day per van is a more accurate, more commonly accepted one. The million dollars is actually more popular. And if you walk down the road and ask people how much they need to retire, like eighty percent of people will still say. A million dollars. A million dollars arbitrarily with no plan for that million and no idea how short they would come if only they had a million dollars and retired at 60 or 65. It's really, it's such a shame, you know, and I remember when I was talking to my financial advisor, I actually came up with that same number when I was first doing it. I was like, yeah, about a million dollars. He's like, well, you need at least three. Mm. And I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) We're in trouble here. Now we're making worse. I'm not worried about it. It's contextual, but let's bring this back to electrical. So science of success is, hey, if I run three calls a day on average and I close 80% and our average ticket is $1,000 or more, we're all right. And we set these standards and we set these targets. But what about when we don't live up to them? This is where things get a little bit tricky. Mm -hmm. What about when you're not hitting your targets? You can extract and look at the information and look at it from different angles and go, okay, well, the conversion rate just dropped. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, demand calls aren't doing as good as opportunity calls, or we're not getting any demand calls. Suddenly, we're getting less calls a day, more opportunities, more two-call closes, more time spent, less conversion. There's all these little factors that weigh into this. Mm-hmm. But what do you yourself do to correct these things? 
So I love this. Okay, I think this good is topic, topic, right? Comes into place. You can tell the hands start rubbing together. I'm excited. Oh, James so, is with us. He says guilty. Yeah. You got it, James. Let's unpack it just a bit. Okay. So one of the things that I run into whenever I needed to figure out where my sales were going south, everyone looks at it like, oh, there's these big levers. You need to change your process. No. I love fundamental basic sales training. The reason being is that I found the more I focused on the core of what I was trying to do, the more I would see the gaps of what I wasn't doing. When you're like, okay, I know a value exchange happens when I come in as a 10. What have I done in the pre-arrival process that I'm missing that is making me not show up as a 10? And believe it or not, you'll often find multiple levers. Be like, oh, I'm not memorizing the customer's name. I'm not looking up the house in advance. I am diagnosing before I get there. And then you're like, oh, because you're diagnosing in advance, you already have a preconception of how the call is going to go. And then you fumble it. Or you're not going through the foyer report properly and getting the, what are we hoping to accomplish today? You're not getting your multiple commitments. So instead of fancifying it, which is a word I just made up, I'm looking and saying, what in the core of what we teach am I not doing to its best ability? Mm, I love that. And James is with us live in the Facebook group, as I mentioned. And James says vulnerably, I love that, James. Thanks for joining us. I just keep hoping sometimes. Now it's time to be more proactive. So James is clearly trying to take steps, brother. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking those steps. But more importantly, that keep hoping part. This is where the art of fulfillment ties in. Hope is a beggar. Faith walks through the fire knowing that everything's okay and everything you need is on the other side. The art and the science are necessary in the correction of these things. Forgive me if I'm going in the foo-foo space a little bit, but think of it like this for a second. Mm -hmm. Do you really want to hit the 2K a day mark? Do you really want to hit your KPI? Because after the science is done, after we do the math, it's time to show the work. And like Joe's saying, getting back to the basics, I mean, that's the basics. That's not looking for a new strategy. That's searching deeper, digging deeper in yourself to make more of the same strategy. We understand the difference there, right? Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, and I want to give James a shout out here because being vulnerable is actually essential to understanding the basics. The reason being is that when your ego gets in the way, you find that you'll always look to blame someone else. But when you're willing to say, how am I fucking this up? Mm. What part of this is me? Because clearly I've gone on 10 calls and I've been on all 10 of them, but I've dealt with 10 completely different customers, but the end result has been the same on every one of them. I wonder what the common denominator is here. People blame the economy. They blame the season. They blame the holiday but they very rarely blame themselves. Mm. I came from a place of constant self-loathing, which meant that I was already comfortable blaming myself for something. doesn't mean it's nice, but it's true because I was able to get better because of it. Focus on what you yourself can control, and even the slightest lever will create a bigger impact on the calls you go on. 100%. Here's where we err on the side of the art. 
of this art of fulfillment because there's an art to this. This is a bit of a dance and we're not just dancing with others in, in an exchange and trying to close. You're dancing with yourself, with your ego, with your mindset, with your, your 75 E hard, your consistency ability. And here's what it looks like when someone who's more art than science steps up to the plate and starts seeing trouble. This is the person that maybe in high season realized they are as good as they thought they might be. Someone that feels yeah. they've got that charismatic step that you can even hear in the beat of, you know what I mean? They just feel like they're on step. They've got this natural gift. They were born in in a light of charisma and just the ability to sweep people off their feet and and for lack of a better expression, you know, uh, selling ice cream on a hot day. We can't all do it, right? Mm-hmm. But that artsiness, that that self-knowing and and being so full of yourself is so egotistical that it actually defeats us and it defeats the science and without both you can't really master this 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 process this ability Mm -hmm. sales are bigger than that ever seen that joe you ever seen someone too art heavy maybe not weighing in on on the process side and getting consistent so I have an analogy for this exact scenario that I think would help right. give some perspective to it. So if I were to say you or the customer who should have the spotlight on them. Customer, 100%. 100%. Right? But imagine when your ego takes over, what does your ego say should have the spotlight? You, yourself. And now can there be two spotlights on one stage? No. I believe so, in this metaphor. No, correct. So you're so, and the benefit is is that the more light you cast on your customer, the brighter the customer shines. The more light you shine on yourself, it takes away from the customer's light, and mm. the customer needs to win. They need to feel important. They need to have their esteem raised. They need to know that you're here to meet their needs, to solve their problem, and do it in a way that they can understand and respect. When you take away from that you're actually lowering the value exchange. You make yourself feel better, but by not sticking to the process, which is I'm here to wholeheartedly serve to the best of my ability. That is where the magic lies. Hmm, I love that. I love that, man. Even speaking through personal experience here more recently, Knowing what your goals are, knowing what you want, having it articulated. As you know, I've been deep diving on our own information, Mm -hmm. doing the post-call evaluations as part of the 75 E-Hard Challenge. And so I've been fulfilling my obligation to do so too. And through that, I've been able to recognize, okay, what archetypes of potential avatars are experiencing what pain points? What are their desires? And when I say archetypes, this might lose some of you. So let me bring you up to speed if you're not quite with me on this. We offer six options, just like today's Action Wednesday, six option secrets, the value piece we're giving away. You can put your hand up here in the chat with us or anywhere on our group or on our post that you'll see come out this afternoon if you want a copy of that. But one of the biggest secrets of the six options really is that you're dealing with the three archetypes. Can you tell us a bit about those three archetypes we're serving with six options, Joe? I would love that. Okay. So we believe that there are three distinct individuals that purchase your services. Those that operate in the premium category, which are I'm looking for the finest or I'm looking for the most turnkey 
or I'm looking to pay you so that I do nothing here. They either want the best, they want the most convenience, or they want the most service. Mm. Those are the premium categories. Your mid-range categories are those who are like, I don't go cheap. I don't blow my budget. I want good service at a good price. I'm willing to invest in better things if they make sense to me. Those are mid-range people. A lot of us fall in that category. Then there's economy. Economical buyers, there's no shame to them. They're the people who want to see the breakdowns. They're the people who, even if they don't care about what the materials are, they're like, I expected this. I budgeted for this. I'm not going to buy more than this. Like the kind of person that goes to the grocery store with a list and won't buy anything that's not on that list, that's an economy buyer. The person that walks into the grocery store and says, you know what? I don't have a, I have a list, but I'm willing to buy more. That's a mid-range buyer. The person who walks in and says, you know what? I'm not even going to go. I'm going to pay someone to shop for me. And if they need to get alternatives, no problem. I'll pay the dealer fee. Go for it. I love that. So all three people are going to the same grocery store. And that same grocery store has been customized to serve every one of them. And they all have a different, a slightly different experience and slightly Mm -hmm. different pain points and slightly different objections that you'll face. And so when you really collect the data and the science of this and succeeding with each of those archetypes, you can actually begin to pinpoint exactly where those critical points are in in the process of serving them in the critical Mm -hmm. points of the offer and what they're really anticipating, expecting or needing and desiring for, for their lives and the quality of their lives and safety of their systems. So just the same, we're able to extract this and I've been doing that, but it comes to this point where it's like, okay, we've got all the information. We've got these data sets. We've got all the science laid out. I know exact conversion percent from, you know, every, the first to the, the second call of a two call close. I know every conversion percent on the, on the demand calls of the varying job types. You can have all of that laid out. But the art still comes to the fulfillment of that goal that you aim to use this information to achieve. And I had this epiphany last night and it wasn't alone. Our coach had to help me. And he mentioned the art of fulfillment again. He said, man, I appreciate all the data you've presented. You can have it all, all the data in the world, all the data sets. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's how you're going to get creative to use that in your process. And that's Mm -hmm. this part where we've got to dig a little bit deeper. And I know that that's speaking to everyone who's in sales in any capacity because it doesn't always go to the math, does it? You know, it's funny how you say that because I've always believed I trust numbers more than I trust people because people can embellish things. People can tell things that aren't entirely true. They can make things seem better than they are. But numbers... God, give me a physics calculation and let me decide how it's going to go. I love the numbers. So I'm right there with you, brother. Exactly. Are you okay with me being transparent on the call with one of our numbers? I got no issues with that. Go for it. So on average right now in the last 60 days, what we came up with is for every 2.2 people that get on a discovery call to learn more about our program, they also become clients of some capacity. Mm Mm-hmm. It's valuable knowing that because it helps you set a target for how many discovery calls you need to book. The same would be for you in your sales process and setting up client calls. When you know your conversion percentage, it's easy to lay out the goal. But now the creative part is, okay, 
to drive to this goal, we need to get this many people. And the answer isn't so cut and dry. It's a blend of several things. And it's a commitment to yourself that in this art, I understand that everything that I want, I will either have or I will not have based on my commitment to following the activity towards that that I want. Is there any deeper truth we've ever discussed on this podcast? If you want it, you will fucking have it. If you don't, you're going to prove that to yourself. It's one or the other. I love this. And I feel like, honestly, this podcast could be a live session that we throw on, like literally like a live workshop just on this one topic. Because too often, we defeat ourselves before we even show up. Can I kind of touch on on how this mindset could defeat you in a real electrical service call situation? Okay. We believe that what we want, we can achieve, right? But often you set what you want too low on certain calls. Mm. So imagine you're going onto a call and you look at your work order and it says customer is selling home and they have a tripped GFI or they need a GFI replaced because that's what the home inspection report said. What you want on that type of call is for the customer to not argue your bottom price for a GFI one placement. You're not even thinking about, I'm going to go in there and offer them replacements. I'm going to talk about a redevice. I'm going to look at their main electrical systems. Your bar of what you want is so much lower because you've mentally conditioned yourself to assume that's the box. I have gone on calls where they say, I just need a cover on a junction box and we're selling the home and the home is in contract and had customers take high options. And I ask why? And they're like, well, I didn't want to leave the next person in a shitty situation. There are good people out there, but because you don't believe that there's any value in this call, your want is so much low. And because you believe that the want is low, the result is equally low because you achieved what you wanted to get but what you wanted was too low. Man, there's some deep truths here in this one. I would like to say that I consider myself one of those people, but that's what makes it okay. I would never offer something that I wouldn't buy myself. Hmm. The fact that you offered it, the fact that you can find a problem gives you the credit and the permission to be able to solve it. The fact that you would offer a solution gives you permission to sell that solution. You know, there's actually a little secret that I want to give away here. Sure. I am a premium buyer. Because I'm a premium buyer, I'm able to think of solutions in a premium buyer's mindset. Mm. When you find what archetype you are, you'll realize what solutions you've packaged the way you would buy. So when you find that you're always selling economy solutions, look inwardly and say, Am I an economy buyer and am I subconsciously suggesting that this is the choice they should take? Wow. We've gone deep here. That might be the greatest piece of truth that's ever been repeated on this podcast. Wouldn't be the first time. And would it be wrong of us to start there for an action item today, Joe? I can't wait. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So I just want to repeat what you said or give you credit for that first one. If you truly want to offer premium service, you should try buying it sometime you might learn something about that service that for, of which you're trying to provide. 
wouldn't that be useful to see it demonstrated, pay attention, take notes, be able to have feedback, comment, get their opinions, even the service provider, ask them how they feel about serving at that level. There's so much information in that. If you continue to buy at the bottom level, what experience are you going to get? You're going to constantly get exposed to bad service. And as a result, you're going to keep thinking that that's the standard. Yikes. Sounds dangerous. Now, I kind of trampled over that and gave an awesome action as just a base. Do you have an all-star in mind? Or are we coming up with another one? No, we can go with it. So the one of the things that I want to go into is you suggested that you should buy the service. The all-star is understanding why you should buy the service. Okay. A lot of us won't make that purchase because we think it's a frivolous purchase. We look at it like, oh, I don't need all the bells and whistles. I don't need all the levels of service. I don't need these things. And as a result, I'm going to go to the mid-range or I'm going to go to the economy. The all-star action is saying that you can actually write this off as a personal development investment Mm. because your goal as a premium service provider is to understand what your customer feels like when they make that premium purchase. But how could you possibly convey something that you've never experienced? It wouldn't be possible. So if you ever feel like I don't want to make that purchase because I think it's frivolous, change your perspective of I'm going to swipe this card. I know this is more than I normally buy, but I'm doing so with the thought of I'm going to write this off because this is a personal development. I love that, man. Great tidbits there. Oh my gosh. This has been a huge episode. Again, I feel the need to stack a second all-star action just because we didn't even speak to the title of this thing. Go for but it. guys, let me just say this. You can take action. If you don't have the science of this figured out, if you don't have the data and you're thinking maybe salivating a bit, holy cow, I could be making real decisions based on how the people in my pipeline have already responded, reacted, given objections, all of the above. Get creative. Take advantage of the art. Find some data and just start now. Just start there. Just start putting this formula together and setting some goals and tracking your KPI. Because if you can, if you can measure it, you can manage it. And that actually happens naturally. It happens organically. If you measure every day, wouldn't you be insane to look the other way? You know, it's funny that you say that because people do look the other way. And it's such a shame because it's one thing to not have the data. And then say, oh, I'm not going to take action on it compared to I have exact knowledge of what I'm supposed to do and I'm willfully looking the other way. Here's a data point for you. 26 minutes and 50 seconds. We have trouble keeping these at 20 minutes or less, guys. We're here to serve five days a week, helping you master your sales, simplify your pricing and deliver premium level electrical service. Join us. Come again tomorrow for Thursday and Friday and then again next week. But more importantly, put your hand up on one of our action posts and grab a value piece this week. As we mentioned, six options secrets going to help you with the why, the what, and the how. Maybe we should consider this in your business. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Thanks, Joe. Pleasure. Talk to you all soon.